Thank you, Father. Yeah, let's just take a minute here and uh, just allow the Holy Spirit just to come in. You know, I really never enjoy doing meetings where, you know, I don't feel the touch of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we just thank you for this time, Father. We thank you, Father, that we gather again in your house of prayer. Thank you, Father, we gather again as the fellowship of the saints, Lord God. And Father, you said in your word where we gathered, you are there, Lord Jesus. So right now, Father, just say, breathe upon us your fresh spirit, Lord. Into our souls, into our minds. Open the eyes of our heart and let us see, let us understand, Father. And Father, we just want to say, we adore you, Daddy. Because you're great and you're glorious. You are holy and you are set apart and you're pure. There is none like you, Lord. And we just join the angels of heaven. Let's just join the angels of heaven right now, just crying out, holy, holy. Just holy, holy, Lord. Holy are you, Daddy. You're so holy, Daddy. You're so holy, Daddy. You're so holy, Daddy. Holy, holy are you, Daddy. It's true, Father. It's true, Father. This whole earth is really filled with your glory. So open our eyes to go deeper into your glory, Father. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm one of those people, I'm, you know, I, I like interaction from the audience too, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull on you and I'm going to draw on you too. Amen? Amen? All right. When I was talking to the Lord, um, when Byron asked me to preach, I asked Byron, I said, you sure you want an African to preach at this church? You know, I said, especially, especially this African. You know what I mean? And he said, yeah. You know, you go ahead and do it. So I said, all right, Lord. Since this is something that you've given me, I'm going to ask you what do you want to speak about. You know, because I'm always interested in what is in my father's heart. You know? And this is what he said. I started hearing this phrase, or this sentence, actually. And the sentence was this. Commissioned, okay, to have dominion. Or called to have dominion. And I kept on hearing that over and over. I said, you know, what do you talk about? In the midst of that, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. Okay. How many of you know that each one of us here, okay, those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have been called into Christ Jesus, those who have received the Lord into their heart, we are about the Father's kingdom. Right? Amen? I mean, that's, that's the whole point. Okay. The whole point is to advance our Father's kingdom, that we may see the Father's kingdom come on this earth and dominate this earth. Okay, that's when, when Jesus came. Okay, when the Lord Jesus came, he came to demonstrate, because he said, I'm about my father's business. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he went ahead to demonstrate the dominance of this kingdom. Because there was no sickness. There was no demon. There was nothing that could stand against this kingdom. It's the same kingdom that Jesus was talking about when he gave the keys to Peter. He said, there is no gates of hell that will ever prevail against this kingdom. Period. He didn't say there was an exception to it. He said, it just will not. The bottom line. So when the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and started saying, listen, I am calling you and I'm commissioning you to have dominion on this earth. Okay, it's the same commission that we were given. When we, you know? When man was in the garden of Eden, it was the same commission that he was given there, that he lost. Because you got to remember, he said, God said himself, let's make man in our own image. Okay? Our image, plural. Meaning that 
the outward appearance and the inward appearance, we, we are just like God. We look like Him. Okay, in every sense. Now, there's some limitations that we have because we're human beings, but at the same time, He gave us an ability to, dom- to have dominion, an ability to create, and all these good things that He gave us. Okay? It was unfortunate that man lost that. But here's the good news. Okay, we had a second Adam that came in. Okay? We had a second Adam that came in. Just the same way man fell the first time. And because of that one man, there was sin that came into the world. There came a second Adam. That through him, whom I have righteousness. Through him, whom I receive grace. Through him, whom I receive forgiveness of sins. Through him, whom I be restored. Amen? Amen? So I don't think God just say, well, just receive Jesus and then just go about your business and just live a normal life. The normal life that He's called us is kingdom business. That is normal life. Every place we go, we're supposed to have influence. Okay, this is the journey that I've been taking with the Lord. Because okay, I never thought being an African, okay, being in Africa, right? Okay, here I am at school, little. It never entered my mind that I'd ever come to the United States. This was not, it, it was not, a, it didn't even enter my mind. There was nothing I thought about the United States. I knew there was a country that existed by, United, you know, called United States. But, was it a dream for me to come here? No. But yet, the Lord opened that door and brought me here. Okay? And the journey began. A beautiful journey began when I was 15 years old. That's when I received the Lord the first time. And since that day, I have been, you know, I've been going through this journey with the Lord. And I feel like this new mandate, this thing that the Lord is keep on repeating to me, which is, I've commissioned you to have dominion. I've commissioned you to have dominion. Okay. It's come to that time where we need to rise up. It's come to that time where we need to respond to the call of God. You see, Adam did respond. Okay, in the Garden of Eden, he really responded to the Lord. Okay, but yet, God being so, so great and so full of love, he gave man a choice, right? He didn't force us, we're not puppets. Because otherwise, there's no real love in that. Real love gives you a free will and gives you a choice. Where you can reject the Creator or receive Him. You just think about that kind of security that the Lord has in Himself, that He will give man that kind of power. They say, I give you power to reject me if you want to. Or I give you power to receive me if you want to. You know? So, we all know the story. I don't want to beat it down to the ground. Man lost his place in the Garden of Eden. But there was a commission that he was given. It said, have dominion over the earth and subdue it. Okay, have dominion and subdue it. Meaning that whatever man did, that was acceptable before God. That was it. Whatever he named the animal, that stuck. That was it. That was the authority that was given to man. You know? So, moving on. Now, let me, you know, this, this is my favorite part. I don't like dwelling on the part where things went wrong. I want to dwell on the part where things went right. So, the good news is, Jesus Christ came as the second Adam, right? As the second Adam, and he said, I have come to do my Father's will. I have come to demonstrate where my father is and what he's about and what he's like and what his kingdom is like. So just the same way 
We are part of Adam. Now, because of Jesus Christ, now we become a part of the second Adam. Meaning that the same way we inherited all this other stuff from Adam, now we've inherited all this good stuff from Jesus Christ. Okay, as the second Adam. You know, and we have scripture here from Romans that I want to I wanna read up here. Can you put it up there? Okay, this is from Romans. Okay, and I, I love the New Living Translation. Regardless of what Byron says, I'm, I know this is being recorded. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, I'm an African, and Africans like simple words and simple sentences. I don't like big words. If I can use a simple word to illustrate the same explanation, I'm good with it. Amen? So, this is what he says. He says, for the, you know, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it, will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because of one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because of one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Period. Period. Through one man. That is what we've inherited. That's what we've inherited. Now, keep in mind, as I'm saying this, I want you to keep in mind about that sentence I told you in the beginning. Commissioned to have dominion. Commissioned to have dominion. Okay, just keep that in mind as I keep on going. Then we have another scripture that I want to read also. This is the first Corinthians. It says this. The scriptures tell us, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth. While Jesus Christ, the second Adam, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly men. And heavenly people are like the heavenly man. I'm going to read that one more time if you missed it. Earthly people are like the earthly man. And heavenly people are like the heavenly man. i say one more time. Because <laughs> I remember when the Holy Spirit showed me this, I said, wait a minute, I've read the Bible so many times, how did I miss this part? It says, earthly people are like earthly man. And heavenly people are like the heavenly man. <laughs> oh, let that sink in. <laughs> so the question that I have for you is this. Are you an earthly person or are you a heavenly person? Are you an earthly person or are you a heavenly person? Are you an earthly person or are you a heavenly person? If you're an earthly person, then you're going to live according to the rules of this world. Right? But if you're a heavenly person, you live according to other different laws that even defy physics. Okay? That defy the realm of the natural complaint because that part is more dominant than this part. 
And as people who've been called into the kingdom of the Father, he said, I want you to advance my kingdom. I want you to bring forth that which is in heaven. Because you are heavenly people. You are heavenly people, not the people of the earth. Because you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And he's calling forth into him that he may release you into the earth. That you may bring the Father's glory into this place. That we will have dominion. That we will have dominion. That we will have dominion. That is what the Father desires. He said, I have given you the keys that you may go and have dominion and take control of the chaos that is going on on this earth. You know, we don't have a new heaven, new earth yet. The Lord will do that. But in the meantime, I'm going to do the best I can to restore what is already around me. Because when Jesus came, that's exactly what he was doing. He went forth, demonstrate, and bring restoration into people's lives. Bring restoration over the kingdom. Say, listen, you forgot who you were. This is who you are in the garden. This is the kind of fellowship they had in the garden. Now I have come to restore that to you so that you can have that, which is your rightful inheritance. See, that's what Revelation says. We, we are kings. Okay, we're kings and queens. It's there. It's given to us. What does a king do? He rules and has, he brings to order that which is in disorder. That's what a king does. That's what a king does. Look at King David. He united the two kingdoms, right? He brought order with those chaos. And as long as he was king, things in Israel were good. It's the same calling that we have for us today. It's to have dominion of this precious kingdom that has been entrusted to us. We got to come alive. We got to come awake. We need to wake it up. We need to be awake so that we can, rela- we can realize what we've been given. He said, this is a journey that I've been. The Lord took me from Africa, brought me here just to start telling me all these things. And he's taking me to different nations. And he started speaking life into me. He said, listen, son, this is who you are. I'm unlocking you. Just the same way when he looked at Peter, you know. Peter had an absolute, I mean, he was honest when he told the Lord, I will die for you. He meant it. He meant every ounce of it, but the Lord knew he was not ready. He said, oh, I pray for you, Peter, because Satan wants to sift you. Did God allow that? Yes, he did. (laughs) He allowed that. That should tell you something about what Satan is. Satan has become a tool for God. He's no longer, he has no longer, he has no authority whatsoever. So everything the Lord allows in our life, we say, oh man, Satan is causing havoc. You should rejoice and celebrate. Because that means there's something the Lord is sifting. And you're going to come forth as gold. And you're going to come forth as this rightful king. Because King David had to go through the wilderness for so many years. So that the Lord can prepare him. Can prepare him to be the rightful king of this kingdom called Israel. God's chosen people. That is a huge task. King Solomon was absolutely frightened when he said, Oh, I don't know what else I need, Lord. If you just give me wisdom to rule these great people of yours. That was the cry of his heart. That should be the cry of our heart. Give us wisdom. How to run this kingdom of yours, Father. We want that impartation. Because the truth is this. We have the Holy Spirit, who is fully God. Living on the earth. People never think about that. 
he's the one that the Father gave to us and said, he is going to lead you to all truth. He is the one who is full of power. This is not by mind, nor by anything else, but by my spirit. Period. Done. So we need to embrace who we are. Because we have a lot of help. When I say we have dominion, this, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put a yoke on you and say, walk this thing up. Yeah, some you need to walk up. You need to walk this thing up. You know I mean, you can get home and look at seven in the mirror and say, I have dominion. I mean, which is good. You can. Which should be great. But the main thing is, you have to lean on the one that the Father gave us. And lean on him fully. Amen? Amen? Oh, Shabbatu. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. All right, go ahead and put that next scripture up there. This is Second Peter. Goes this way. This is in the Amplified Bible. It says, For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full person, that is the knowledge of him, who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Now, let's read that one more time. Let's read together. Because there's, there's a different kind of power that's released when you read the Word of God. You know, out loud, something happens in the atmosphere. Just think about when God spoke his word, something happened, right? When he said, let there be light, well, boom, there was light. So let's, let's read this together. Let's go ahead. That scripture is pretty clear, right? Do we have everything? Yes? Now, let's think about this, right? In the Garden of Eden, did did Adam and Eve have everything they needed? Was that given to them? Yes, it was, right? The Father held back nothing. Everything. He said, everything I give to you, even, even the choice of free will, that too I give to you. There was nothing that he did not, he did not leave behind. You cannot think about that in the second Adam, right? Here's the second Adam. The same, same place where Adam fell is the same place where the second Adam had a hard time, right? Which is the garden, right? So there's something about the garden also that's pretty, pretty important. But this is the point that I'm trying to illustrate here. The same dominion that man was given in the garden of Eden, the Lord did not, refu- I mean, he did not refuse that again. He gave us the same, same power again with the second Adam. I'm going to say that one more time. <laughs> what we had in the Garden of Eden, and God gave us everything that we needed, pertaining to life, pertaining to godliness, pertaining to fellowship with Him, all that stuff, the Lord did not take back. But He decided to send His Son into the earth that He might restore. You see, it's a restoration. 
that he may restore that which was broken back then. The new Adam came and restored it. So we have the same thing. Everything that Adam had in the beginning, we have it now in Christ Jesus. Like we have it, the question is how do we access it? How do we get into it? How do we grab a hold of it? One answer, Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. That's it. We don't have any other access. We got to have the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. He's, he's a friend of mine. I love him. I love him dearly. Because there's no way I will stand up here preaching to you. You can ask my wife. I'm the most timid person to find around. I'm a quiet guy. Well, my cousins found out that I was a teacher. They, probably, they almost fell apart. Because they couldn't, they couldn't envision me standing in front of people and talking. There was no way. That was not the first. I mean, it's not something I like to do. Okay, it's not my, my natural thing to stand in front of people. But I know there's something different. When I got full by the Holy Spirit, I know something shifted. You know what I mean? Something shifted. And I've been going through this journey of being reveled. I'm going, oh my goodness, Lord, I didn't even know I had that in me. He says, yes, you do. I created you. I know you. I know what is in there. And I'm still unlocking some more stuff. And he's still unlocking some more stuff in you. As you go, he's just going, pa, pa, pa. Just unlocking it and unlocking it unlocking it. So that you may be alive. Because Adam was alive in the garden. He was fully alive. And when Jesus came here, he was fully alive. Not because of him. Now we are fully alive. The question is, are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to help us access that which is completely rightfully ours? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Shaka badala rasiti. Umbri kala rosutu irimki basala raba kibutu rosutu. Enra raba kana setela rio. Umkaba setaba kalara. Nerebeke soboboto roba. Berasa kanala raba. Father, let there be a ripping in the heavens here, Lord. Oh, let there be a ripping, Lord, that we'll be awake. That we'll be awakened. Be alive. We want to be alive. Awaken us deep down inside, Lord God. And breathe upon us again that we may be alive, alive, alive. gotta be alive people i want to be alive you don't understand i gotta be alive i cannot be an ugly person i have to own to that which my father is saying that i am i'm a heavenly person so guess what i'm gonna embrace that so embrace it it's yours do not be ashamed when somebody asks who are you i'm a heavenly person it must seem foolishness to people, but that's the truth. We read scriptures say that we are heavenly people. Yeah. And because we're heavenly people, we have tools of heaven, not the tools of the earth. That's what Paul said. Hey, listen, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against other things. And the weapons that we have, they're mighty. Because it's not a spear or a shoe. It's a different kind of weapons that we have. I mean, who ever thought the blood of Jesus would be that powerful? 
I mean, I could call myself and see my blood, but that's one weapon. Who thought praise and worship is a weapon? I mean, think about Jericho. What in the world? Sing and play trumpets? Munch around for seven days? That sounds crazy. But guess what? No casualties on the Israel side. But on the other side, boom, gone. Flat out. What kind of weapons are those? Heavenly. Heavenly. You just think about that for a minute. See, that's what we call because we're alive. We're called to have dominion. There is nothing normal when somebody says, my axe head sunk. Everybody knows that story, right? Elijah, the axe Elijah, right? The axe head fell. And the guy was destroyed. He said, oh, I can't cut any more trees, man. My axe head, boop, it's gone. And guess what? Elijah said, oh, just get a stick and throw it in there. Okay, if you know about physics, you know about gravity, and you know about weight, buoyancy, axe heads don't float. But guess what happened? What? Is that normal? No. That absolutely defies the earthly realm. But in heaven, oh, it's all possible, man. All things are possible. That's what Jesus said to He looks at a person and says, listen, you know, after, after you talk about the rich man, it's how, it's how hard it is for rich person to get into heaven, to enter the kingdom. And the disciples panicked. Because they realized, oh gosh, oh we're in trouble. Then who can be saved? What was his answer? With man, it is. But we got all things up. So where do you want to be? Heavenly man? Earthly man? It's choice. Do you want the tree of life? Or do you want the tree of knowledge of good and evil? I call it the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I call it the tree of death. Anytime you eat of it, you die. Something in you dies. But even if you're messed up and you eat from the tree of life, something happens. So you see, you see what I'm saying? It's the same choices that we still had in the garden. We still have it now. We have that same thing. Spirit of life and the spirit of death. Right? Paul talks about it all the time. The life-giving spirit. The spirit of life. The spirit of life. The spirit of life. The tree of life. The spirit of life. The tree of life. So since we're heavenly people, Guess what? We're going to leave from the heavenly places. That's what Paul says in Colossians. Listen, quit, quit looking around here, you know, pecking on the ground. Cause that's what the message Bible says. You know, quit looking around the ground and just shuffling and looking around, finding pennies. You know what I mean? Where's my break going to come tomorrow? It's a why don't you just lift your eyes up and look at Jesus and see what is going around him and say, oh, that's what I see is going around you, Lord. And that's what I embrace. So we have a choice. Earthly or heavenly? Earthly or heavenly? You know, the Lord, the Lord gave this prophecy in his eyes. said, may these people have their backs bent. That they may not hear or they may not see. Have you ever seen someone who's got a back that's bent? They're all this way, right? Never... It's half of them look up. See, when sin came in the world, that's what it did to us. It gave us crooked backs. 
went up, oh, because that's all we knew. Then when Christ came, he restored and healed our backs and he said, stand up straight like a man and look in the heavenly places because that's who you are now. You're a heavenly man. Amen? 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 And the Holy Ghost good? I love it when he gives me things. I love it when he gives me things. I mean, sometimes, these times I feel like I step outside my own body and go, man, Lord, that is good. I'm serious. Not because I said it was good, but I'm realizing. It's almost like you go, wow, Jesus, you're awesome. You see, this is the thing about Jesus. When he preaches, you see, we, we have this notion that he's, you know, um, um, you know, just, just humming around like a monk or something. No, when he preaches, man, it's fire. Is it like, I was reading this book, my wife knows, I love books about heaven. I, I read so many books. I mean, it's, it's my passion. I'm a heavenly man. I'm going to know everything you need to know about heaven. That's just my, how my mind works. I have it. I'm going to go after it. In this book, you know, here's uh, this guy that c- gets caught up in heaven. So the angels take him everywhere in heaven and all that stuff. But the one most spectacular thing that he saw was Jesus Christ himself. But when he saw Jesus, he saw Jesus coming out of the Father. Coming out of the light that was in there. Like out of the Father. And the love that was between them was great. And the Father had a scepter in his hand and he, and he nodded and said, go ahead. So Jesus steps up in front of the Father and looks at all these people. that are The saints from here that are in heaven crying out to the Lord saying, Do not forget our families, Lord. Do not forget my son. Do not forget this person. Do not forget that person. These cries that are continuously going before the throne. And then there's other prayers that are coming up like incense all around the Father. Angels are coming with bowls of prayers just pouring into the Father's hand, into the Father's hand. And then Jesus stands in front of the Father and looks at everybody and starts going off and starts saying, I'm coming after you brothers. I'm coming after your fathers. I'm coming after your sisters. And he said when he was preaching, he felt like his whole entire body was going to burst into pieces. Because he preached with conviction and passion. And he meant what he said. He said, I'm coming to get them. I'm going to go get them. Every single one of them, I'm going to get them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, Kabasiti. Oh, Jesus. If you're a heavenly person, you got to look at where Jesus is. you got to tap into that and hear what he's saying. What is he saying? What are you saying? What is he saying? What is he saying? What is he saying about your situation? Now, this is an interesting thing, okay? When God came down on the mountain to meet the Israelites, right? He was shrouded in a dark cloud, right? Also says in Psalms that he hides himself in dark clouds. Right? Now I want you to picture this. Picture yourself in the most darkest place in your life. Right? Ain't nothing going right. Money, boom. Oh my goodness. My marriage going down the tubes. My kids are all rebellious. Why not? Now that's a dark place. Absolutely. I mean, I could keep on going. But God himself is found in that dark place. The question is, 
are you going to see him in that dark place? I'm going to say it again. <laughs> the question is, are you going to see him in that dark place? If he shrouds himself with dark clouds, meaning that when he came down, the people were terrified. I mean, I mean, you've seen, you know, in Africa, you see those kind of clouds, like they're dark, like they're heavy. You know what I mean? And there's lightning everywhere. I mean, they look so heavy, they scare you. They just scare you because it looks so thick and heavy. You're like, what? I don't know what's going to happen. You look like the wall is about to end. But that's a representation of the Father saying, listen, in your darkest time, I'm there. The question is, can you see me? There. Can you see me in that dark place? And once you see him, it doesn't mean that your problems go away, right? Like, all of a sudden, they're just gone. They disappear. But it means now you have the strength and the courage to keep on walking like a heavenly man. Because now you're no longer ruled by your circumstances on your left and your right or any other stuff. Instead, you rule by something else. And then once you rule from that place, and your heart is astonished, meaning you can see the Lord in every situation, your heavenly activation happens at that moment. And no longer circumstances around you, those are not the ones that cripple you. They say they become stepping stones for you. They become a step, so you just keep on, you just keep on stepping as you ascend to a higher and a higher and a higher and a higher place. And then from that place, where you, which is rightfully yours, because he said we're sitting in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus, right? If that is true, then that means I'm right next to. So where he's ruling from, I'm ruling from the same place. So that means what I see him do, and what I see him say, and what I hear him ask the Father, that's what I release on the earth. And you start walking on this earth, having dominion in every place you go. Because he says, I do what I see my Father do. Think about that. I only do what I see my Father do, Period. Jesus didn't go around, you know, looking at you. He said, I'm looking up because I'm a heavenly person. And you scriptures start jumping out of you that I'm not from here. I come from a different place. And now that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, you're from a different place. We're from a different place. It's a shift in our minds. It's a shift that is happening with me. I'm not telling you something that, that I've said I've attained it. I'm telling you something that I'm still going through with it. But I'm just sharing with you what the Father is showing me. And I'm saying, yeah, I give it, Lord. It was a minor have to begin with. But you show it to me, I'm going to show it to other people. Amen. Now, I want you to think about this, right? Just think about everything that I pictured so far to you. You're a heavenly man, right? You sit in the heavenly places. Even though you have darkness that might be going around you, you're still victorious in every way, right? Because you're no longer looking down here, because you're no longer an earthly person. You're a heavenly person, so you're looking at things from that point of view, right? Now, think about that, okay? 
And think about the Garden of Eden when the, when the Father said to Moses, I mean, when the Father said to Adam, listen, I want you to have dominion. I want you to subdue everything that you have. Everything is in front of you. Go and conquer and subdue. Jesus comes and says, the second time, says, you go and go forth. I'm commissioning you. Go. Go, go. Make disciples. Go, go. Heal the sick. Go, go. Cleanse the lepers. Go and raise the dead. That's what he's saying to us, right? Yes? What is happening in creation right now? What is that? There's groanings happening, right? Why is creation groaning? It's a waiting for what? The sons of God to manifest on the earth. It is waiting, waiting, because creation was put under a curse. Not by its own will, but because man fell. Now the Father is saying, listen, yes, that happened. But now I'm giving you new power and I'm restoring you so that you can go forth and bring order in every place where there's disorder. (laughs) Same commission from the garden. Same commission. We have now. Hasn't changed. Now, think about this, right? The scripture that says this. Hold up. <laughs> I'm, I'm running too fast. I need to slow down. I'll put that Romans 8.20 up there. <clears throat> right, let's read together. It says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, Stop, stop right there. That creation will be done what? Liberated from what? Who's supposed to do that? We are. The same commission that God gave to Adam is the same commission that Jesus gave us. Said, you go liberate the earth. You go make it right. <laughs> All right, keep on going, keep on going. We know that. We ourselves have a hope, right? The hope is, yeah, even though I live in this clay vessel, and these groanings that happen within me, because these times, yeah, you want to do something, but that's what Paul's talking about, right? The things I don't do, I don't do. That which I should do, I end up not doing. That which I should not do, I end up, you know what I mean? You can see the struggle. It's there. But in the end of that scripture, guess what he says? Thanks be to who? Thanks be to God, Jesus Christ. See, it's true when he says that he holds all things together. Spirit, he does hold all things together. So, creation groans. If you haven't looked around it, it groans, right? Yes? If you notice, right? What did Elijah do when he said what? Let there be no rain for how many years? Three and? Three and a half years. Did it happen? 
Yes, he did. I want to show you how much power the Lord has given us. Here is the Lord saying, there will not be rain for three years. Done. And then when he commanded rain, come back, what happened? Came back. So does that tell you that creation is subject to us? Or are we subject to creation? Right. Because the commission that will be given is have dominion. Have dominion. Have dominion. You've been commissioned to have dominion. So many of the things are around you, you can call them back in order. It does not mean that times that evil is going to come up right away. Because King David was not king in one day. It was 40 years before he got in there. For things completely lined up. Now, I'm not saying that life is 40 years and all that stuff, but what I'm saying is if you are on God's timeline, He can bring you to that place. And Jesus came and He demonstrated His kingdom and He had dominion everywhere He went. And the absolute culmination of that, the high climax of all that stuff, was when He went on that cross. Right? He drew all the forces, the best of the best that the enemy had. He put it all on Jesus and said, finally I've got my hands on you. But little did he know, as Paul said, if he had known, they would never have crucified him. He brings them all in there. And absolutely, as he says, makes a spectacle. Humiliates them. Humiliates them. And absolutely disarms the enemy. Where he had authority before on the earth. He no longer has authority. He does have some level of power. But he has no more authority. The authority has been given to us. And because he was evicted from heaven. He is also subject to us. Because he's a creator being. The question is how do we exercise that? The Holy Ghost. I keep on going back to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Kibasata. Oh, yeah. I put a lot of scripture up there. Even before we read that. Okay. I just I just for the Holy Spirit just when you all take a moment, just let that soak in. Just let that soak in. Oh, Ah, let's read that. Jesus came to all his disciples. I have given you. Therefore, go and make disciples.
<laughs> oh, he said, I'm with you. I'm with you until the end of time. I will not forsake you. Period. That is what Jesus said to us. To say his words. I will be with you until the end of time. I'll be with you. What I've called you, you go do because I'm with you. Think about this. It says that God was in who? In Christ, reconciling what? The world to himself. Right? I mean, that scripture is all the same. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Guess what? He has given the same commission. He's saying, I'm in you, reconciling the world to myself. Because he is the final king. He's the final ruler. He's reconciling everything to himself. We are co-laboring with him. How great a privilege is that? That he's saying, I have come that, I'm, that I might give you what I have so that you may reign and rule with me. So Christ is in us reconciling the world to himself. He's calling to order those things that were in disorder. And he's saying, I'm giving you authority. I made you a king. Go, 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 and go. Amen? I was going to read this definition real quick. I'm almost done. It says this, okay? Here's, here's the English definition for the word kingdom, right? Remember, have dominion, right? You've been commissioned to have dominion. You've been commissioned to have dominion. You've been commissioned to have dominion. Dominion has to dominate. Most people don't like that word. But it's true. It's dominate. Here's the definition for kingdom. It says, a kingdom, a domain in which something is dominant. A domain in which something is dominant. That means the kingdom of heaven is more dominant than the kingdom of the earth. So he says... Okay? That which is dominant. We have been called as kings to bring that dominance on the earth. Here's another definition. A country with a king as the head of the state. Because Revelation says clearly, we are kings. That's just the bottom line. That is my inheritance. That's your inheritance. We've been called to rule and reign with Jesus. Amen? 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 Amen. <laughs> this is the last scripture. I didn't give this to her. Okay, this is Luke 10, 18 through 19. It says, yes, he told him. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Now, it doesn't mean that, that 
that there's no resistance that is going to come against you. Does not mean that. But it means this. He has given us that authority. And for King David, first it was Judah and then it was Israel, right? It was an all at one time. So you take the victory the Lord gives you and you move forth. You say, thank you, Lord, for this victory. Let's go for some more. You know what I'm saying? You pray for someone, they get healed, say, thank you, Lord, for this. Let's go to the next one. Amen? So, the final thing that I want to say is this. We are heavenly people who have been called and who have been commissioned to have what? Who have been called to have what? That is our calling. That is our calling. That's our duty. And we have weapons that no earthly room can understand. Period. So embrace the Holy Spirit and let Him take you deeper so you can grab a hold of this kingdom and know the things about this kingdom and pull it in up in here and let everything around you start changing. Amen? Ah, right, let's stand to a fit. Let me just add this practical application as we're closing here is in learning to rule and reign. You know, here's step one. How many people are just going through a tough situation? Just raise your hand. Just think about that tough situation. And here's what the Lord was showing to me is in that tough situation, like what he was talking about, you have two trees to choose from. You have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of death, and you have the tree of life. Here's how I practically choose the tree of life. I see that in that mess, even though I wouldn't choose to be in the mess, God is allowed to be, let me be in it. Why? Because He desires to produce gold in me, refined through this situation, in order that I might learn how to fully rule, reign, and prosper in my life. That's choosing the perspectives that's choosing the tree of life. When I choose to go around like this and grovel in my mess and complain and, and, and lament it all, that's when I'm choosing death. I'm, something is going to die inside of me. You know, so I just, I really felt like the Lord was putting that on my heart for me, but I also feel like it's for us. Is that's, one of, that's like step number one, you know, of ruling and reigning is getting that heavenly perspective. So, Amen. Amen. All right. Let's just leave the hands up in the air right now. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a little bit. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Just release that. Just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in that language that the Father gave you. Just release that. Because the Holy Spirit wants to seal that which was given today. He wants to seal it that the enemy will not come and steal it away. Father, just thank you for what you did today. Father, just say, touch every heart and seal, 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 seal all that which you've imparted today, Lord God. And Father, we just bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. He said, you have no authority and you will not bind. Father, let the blood of Jesus cover us and wash over us and let your holy fire surround us, Lord God. Let it surround each one of our families, Lord. Let it surround our families, Lord, your holy fire and protect us, Lord, in our hearts and in our minds. Protect our families, Lord God. And we thank you, Jesus, that we have such a privilege to rule with you and pray with you so that we can see the kingdom of heaven, have dominion on this earth, have dominance on this earth.
<laughs> Amen.